Good morning. <clears throat> Hope and pray that you all had a Merry Christmas. <clears throat> Did you get anything cool? You got a shirt? Awesome. Yeah. See, I got a cool cookbook that I'm ready to use. Um, hopefully, you are ready for the new year because one way or another, it is coming. Right? Every time the clock strikes midnight on New Year's Eve, people hope for a better future. The world yearns for wars and rumors of war to stop and for all of mankind to have peace. At least that's the, the fairy tale dream that, you know, somehow it's just gonna quit, you know, quit it, stop it, right? Like you tell your kids to knock it off. Where we know that evil, darkness, and sin do not take a day off, either from within us or out there. But the great thing about Christ is that he doesn't just deal with some far off problem. No, he deals with our sinful hearts. Matter of fact, he wrestles with the sinner's heart. He is the one and only that can do this and does do it. As religions tell us to try harder and as isms tell us we must obey this or that, Jesus comes with a message that brings hope and life to those stuck in darkness and sin. Our Lord states this in the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew. Come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Isn't that an amazing promise? Just that alone right there. He states this next. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. How an amazing Adonai, which is the Greek word for master, he is. He's gentle and lowly at heart. And he states this next, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is the one who offers us rest. Rest from all of our struggles, rest from all of our labor. And we can, by resting in Jesus, find rest for our very souls. And then we get this. We get to learn from him. That's, that's what discipleship is. We are a learner. We follow our rabbi, our Adonai, our master, our Lord, and take his yoke upon us. <clears throat> now, Christianity has a call to the world, a call to believe upon Christ Jesus and your f sins are forgiven. That's the simple gospel truth. And then there is also this call that we find within Christianity that to those that follow him, that if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Now the first one is a, is a call to all, is a call to receive the Savior that has been born in Bethlehem. And then there is a call for those that have received him, to go after Jesus, to follow him, to lay down all of our struggles and sins and deny ourselves 
and to be about this one thing, seeking to aim to please Christ. This is what we call in the theological world sanctification. It is our walk, our the believer's walk with Christ through this life. It is a daily journey until he returns or until he calls us home. And today we get to look at the amazing fact that Jesus is the only life. He is the one truth and he is the way. Well, let's start in a word of prayer. (coughs) Father God, we thank you for today. Thank you that we can just take time to gather together, to fellowship, to talk about the cool things that we got for Christmas and the uh, just the amazing gifts given, but that today that we can take time to look at the, the best gift ever given, that you sent your son forth, born under the law, born to bring about redemption to all of the ungodly, to all of us undeserving, to all of us weak and unable. And that's the amazing message of what Christmas is all about. That God the Son came in flesh and dwelt among us. That them who believe in him will have everlasting life. And Father, be with us in this time as we study. Rid us of all the distractions of the busy weeks that have been throughout 2023. And ready us for 2024. As we step out into a new year with different hopes and aspirations and plans and all these other things coming that we could just take time to see who you are, Jesus. To look upon the amazingness that Scripture pours forth of who Christ is. This babe born in Bethlehem. This man growing under the law. This man born to die for all of us. As he was God in the flesh, able to fill the gap in between us and God. Thank you for that amazing truth, that amazing grace, Lord. Thank you for this time together. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. We see life throughout the world. We see babies born. We see couples get married. We see springtime with bunnies coming (laughs) and... We see the birth of flowers and trees. We see life explode. And then all the insect repellent explodes as well, right? Get away from me. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. We enjoy life. You know, if you look at an ecosystem, I, I've you know, taken time to kind of study this lately of just to look at it and look about all of these things working together in unison. And they're so diverse. And yet they're all together on it. And I find it so hard to look at it as someone that believes it took millions, if not billions of years for somehow that thing to come together. You know, like it just built itself. Mount Rushmore just kind of happened. I'm like, "Mm, it looks designed to me, you know. You know, maybe it's easier looking at a single animal like the woodpecker. You ever see one of those and you... You ask, well, what evolved first, the tongue or the chasm that fits the whole tongue for it to peck in and then go in and find 
the bugs that it wants to eat. That's an amazing one. That's the you know, irreducible complexity of the mechanism in nature itself. You know, it's not, it's not built, maybe, right? <laughs> yeah, it just kind of popped out. It's like, no, it's designed, man. <laughs> you know, all of these systems, even the woodpecker, scream, created, ordered information. And the truth is, is that all of this something didn't come from nothing. It all has a beginning. As stated in Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We can see it. We can understand it. We can believe this, that all life comes from God and without him we have nothing. For he has formed and framed everything. First we see this. He is the only life. Jesus is not just the reason for the season, even though it is a great ring, right? You know, it's a cool sign and everything. It's, it's a great thing to say. And it's catchy, right? But he is the reason for everything. He is the reason for life and breath and food and water, for he is the maker. Paul states it like this in Colossians. Speaking of Jesus, he is the image of the invisible, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ Jesus is in the same likeness of God. And though unborn, he is titled as this. He is the preeminent one, right? That's the whole context of this passage. He created it all, both the things that we can see and the things that we have no idea exist but have glimpses of in Scripture, right? The spiritual realm and all these other things to the microscopic little organisms, to the far distant galaxies. And the cool thing about it is that Jesus holds it all together. The author of Hebrews states it like this. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe with the word of his power. Isn't it cool you go to Genesis 1 and it's not like God is like forming and framing things and throwing them out there. He speaks it. And it comes to being. The word of his power. Jesus is the author of of life and without him there is no life at all and we can look at it we can see that apart from God we only have to listen to the news for a minute and know that apart from the almighty there is only sin death and darkness now please turn in your Bibles with me to 1st Corinthians 1st Corinthians chapter 6 be in verses 9 through 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And Paul states this, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, 
nor the revilers, nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, and you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Now this is where hope is. This is where truth is. We're all in the boat of sin, right? No matter what we struggle with, no matter what we identify as, we are all doomed to die in that sin. Yet God calls out, believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and your sins are forgiven. And in Christ, we are no longer defined by our sin, but we are washed and we are sanctified and we are justified. It's a totally different identifying words, right? You're no longer this worldly thing. You are something else, a new creation in the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God who has taken away the sins of the world. And that's the amazing truth is that life and hope are found in Christ Jesus, the one and only. Secondly, we see this. That he is the one truth. In our world today, truth with the capital T is not found among the culture. You can watch reels on YouTube and see it everywhere it's you know there there is no truth it's all about the journey of finding your own truth and such but yet jesus states it very clearly you will know the truth and the truth will set you free seems pretty capital t to me <laughs> pontius pilate famously asked what is truth and then walked out of the room mere feet from the truth himself you know, the world wonders what is true. Can I believe this report? Is this fake news? More and more the battle rages, along with genuine confusion of whom to believe on any kind of subject. Jesus, in the context of this verse on knowing the truth and believing in being set free by it, states this as John records in his gospel. So Jesus said to the Jews, who had believed in him, right? These are, these are Jews that had just believed upon the Lord. And he states this, If you abide in my word, and you are truly my disciples, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Context, right? Context always helps. These many had just believed upon him, and so the Lord spoke to them to stay in this. And he points to his words. You know, there are many movements and religions and isms that have a lot of opinion about this book, right? You meet them on the street corner. You can meet them in the bookstore because they write books about it too. And somehow this word doesn't measure up, but theirs does. Hmm. <laughs> you know, we are to start and remain here in the word and learn from the Lord and know this. If we know the truth, in the truth we are set free. And this is part of that truth is that we bear his word. We bear it both in weight and in study. You know, that's part of a, of a learner process. You got you to gotta read the, 
you know, if you want to pass the test, you got you to gotta know what you need to know. You know, that we would know this. That all of humanity would know this. That we are sinners in need. That we would know that there is grace for the wicked. See, they're easy answers. There you go. You're done. <laughs> and that we would not be enslaved. But that we would be free from our lifestyles or from our mindsets. Please turn your Bibles with me to Romans, Romans chapter 12. <clears throat> In verses 1 and 2 in Romans 12, Paul speaks of it like this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good acceptable, and perfect. And we who believe upon Christ Jesus are now called, entreated upon, urged to do this. Because of the mercies of God, be a living sacrifice. Don't just live for yourself and for your hobbies and for your wants. Because now we are called to live a life for him. This is our spiritual worship. That as we live, as we work, and as we enjoy our hobbies, right? It doesn't cut out everything. No, it amplifies things. As we build a family, as we gather as a community, and so much more. We can do this for the Lord. And we are called not to be pressed in, right? Don't let the... You know, don't be the waffle, right? I guess, right? Don't be, don't be conformed to the world. Don't let the world conform you. Don't be about the cultural's thinking, whether it be left or right. Ask these mere words. What does the word say, right? Because we are to be transformed by it. <clears throat> it alone renews our mind along with the Holy Spirit in us. <clears throat> in this, we can seek to live a life pleasing to the Lord. You know, the other thing about truth is that it stands out and tells the world what it needs to hear, not what it wants, right? We aren't called to be yes men. We're called to tell the truth. Jesus states it like this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We all need that truth. That is why the truth is proclaimed in the church along with Peter as he states it in Acts. And there is, no, and there is salvation in no one else. Right? Nada. Not anybody else. For there is 
no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It's Christ Jesus alone. Paul states it as well. Speaking to the group in Athens, he talks about this. He says, in the times of ignorance, God overlooked. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance by raising him from the dead. The whole world is responsible for obedience to this call to come. The call to come to the one who has come for them. And what we do with that truth is the dividing line in the sand of all of human history. What do we do with Christ Jesus? The Son of the living God, God in the flesh, come for us. Do we mock him? Do we write him off? Do we call him crazy? Or do we fall at his feet and proclaim, my Lord, my God? And lastly, we see that he is the way. In our world, we hear, you know, old roads lead to Rome. I don't know if anybody says that anymore, but they used to, right? Or old paths lead to God. The one that I keep on seeing on uh, uh, Jeeps and everything, you know, it states this, not all who wander are lost. And I know it has more to do with hiking than anything else, right? But I'm like, you know, that kind of just fits our our culture. It goes it goes hand in hand with everyone has to go through their own journey. It celebrates the culture that says, be the best you. But the best thing that we can tell the world seeking meaning is to tell them the way and the truth and the life is found in the one and only Christ Jesus born in Bethlehem, lived a perfect life that we could never, born to fulfill the righteous requirements of the law and then be our atonement, to be the slain lamb for all of humanity. And that we only have to turn and believe upon him and that we are placed in God's way because Jesus is the way. <clears throat> we no longer go our own way. We are about his way and celebrating the truth that Jesus came to redeem humanity by his blood and his broken body. That's how he made the way. Paul tells it like this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Right, as we've seen before, we're all in the same boat, rowing down the stream, going the wrong way. We are unable to keep God's holy standards. And therefore we are given the wage. And Paul tells us later in Romans, it says the wages of sin is death. You can't work it off. You can't scrub it off. That is what we deserve. We are all rebels who have an outstanding bill that we are unable to pay. And that is the truth of why hell is eternal. It's not something that's just not there. It is there. You know, Jesus talks about it. But mercy is applied. 
And mercy is not getting what you deserve, right? The cop pulls you over. You were going 85 and a 33, you know, because traffic was just, I needed to get there. So you could stop at the next red light. Right? And he lets you off with a warning. And it's mercy. It's not getting what you deserve. You know, you deserved a ticket. You deserve something. It's not getting what you deserve. We don't receive wrath as we rest in Christ. For he took the wrath of God. <clears throat> meant for us. And then we receive this. We receive grace. It's like if that cop pulled you over, gave you the warning, and then handed you a fruit basket. Because it's, you're like, what did I do for this? It's like, mm, this is unmerited favor. Something that you do not deserve. Unmerited favor is the fact that we are blessed beyond measure in Christ Jesus. And we are sealed. We are new creations. We're made workmanship to be conformed to the image of Christ. And this awesome part of it, too, is that we have relationship with God. And one day we will dwell with him in his dwelling place. This is all because of the righteousness made manifest apart from the law. And turn to Romans chapter 3 with me. But Paul talks about this in verses 21 through 26. And he states this, But now the righteousness of God has been manifest, been manifested apart from the law, although the law and prophets bear witness to it. And the righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus for all who believe. For there is no distinction. Right? And we all, we all have you know, verse, verse 23 memorized, right? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the amazing part of the whole of this context is that it's not just that, right? There's no distinction there, but there's another distinction, or there's no distinction elsewhere as well. The distinction is this, and that, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation, a covering by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. This is a beautiful passage, right? And we just, you know, we just memorize one verse out of it. I'm like, no, memorize the whole thing. You know, just get it in there. I love this because there's bad news, right? There's no distinction. All have sinned. But then there's good news. For there is no distinction. The grace, the righteousness of God... The justification from God is available to all. The way is open. And yes, it's, it's narrow because the condition is faith. The condition is resting upon this. And I think that's why religions and all these cults and everything explode is because we need to do something, right? We're like doers. We need to work on it. We need to build this tower. No, no, stop it, right? Disperse, <laughs> you know? It's like this is the way. 
And he shows you in the next chapter how to do it, right? Abraham. Abraham, by faith, believed. Well, a couple chapters later, that he believes in God. It is counted as righteous. It is resting upon the one who is the way. And please turn in your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 10. A few, a few chapters over. Verses 9 through 13. Paul writes this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's an amazing passage. The word goes out. The truth rings out. Let earth receive her king. Prepare him room. The truth is out there, right? And it is out there for all to see. And the world knows it. The world actually knows that there is a God because they always have an opinion about him. And they know that there's sin because you listen to any country artist, any pop star, any other thing, and we know that sin is here. And then we all know that death is here as well. General Revelation has pretty much dealt with the aspects of preparing people. And specific or special revelation tells us and informs us on such. What do I do with all this information that I have at my fingertips? That we all have it, right? We all have the information. But what is needed is messengers. What is needed is people to be the witnesses. Is to go out. To go and tell so that this would happen, so that people everywhere would confess Christ and that they would believe upon him and be justified. See, those are the three answers, right? You know, we're all sin, there's grace, and we all need Jesus. We can pass the test. This is the way that anyone who calls upon the Lord will be saved. We come to see that Jesus alone offers true rest, true life. And he offers the world the truth. He is the one way back to the relationship with God. For he is God in the flesh come down to bring us all back home. He went to the Mount of Calvary to provide for all of us sinners. But the wrath of God is satisfied and whether we are near or far, we can come to the Holy One and dwell with Him forevermore through Christ Lord, Christ our Lord. Let's let's pray. Oh, Father God, we we thank you for today. We thank you for sending forth your Son, the one and only. Let He come. 
to die. He came to bring about justice and bring about justification for the whomsoever believe upon him. And that, Lord, that this is the provision. This is the point in history that we look back on and say, God stepped into history. God provided for all of us. And that we would go and tell. That we would go and, and as, we, as we work and as we live and as we rub shoulders with other people, as we build bridges out into our community, our, our county, our state and our nation and our world, that we would tell of God in the flesh. God come to reveal who the Father is. That he is the image of the invisible. That all of creation is made by him and made for him. And that if you don't accept the king, you accept a worse fate. Fate that God does not want for any. And that we would have the same heart, Lord. And that we would pray for those that do not know you. And that we would care for those that do not know you. And that we would share told those that do not know you and that as we walk into the new year that we would not be worried about what's to come because we know we know that we will dwell with you forever if we know Christ Jesus and we rest upon his finished work but help us have a heart for those that do not know you thank you for today thank you for this time of fellowship Lord this time in your word be with us, encourage us, equip us to go out and just to aim to please you and to love on others. So in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.